Happy New Year! It is indeed a happy new year at Cambridge Christian School, where we are committed to excellence in all things. As I often say, perfection eluded us yet again in 2023, but there is always 2024. It is somewhat alarming the position that some Christian schools take when they sacrifice excellence in academics, athletics, and the arts in the name of ministry. At Cambridge, we believe the presence of Christ's name in our school's name dictates that we be excellent in all things. We should be striving to reflect His excellence. We have no clearer example of this than the product delivered in our lower school for years now under the direction of Principal Tracy Moss. She played a large role in our lower school achieving blue ribbon status in 2020, and the program has only expanded and strengthened since that time. Great leaders attract great people, and great teachers increasingly desire to join the Lancer team. Today we will hear from Tracy Moss, a great leader on the Cambridge campus. Join us to hear her perspectives on the developmental needs of our kids, striking a balance between grades and learning, and the importance of reading. Cambridge Christian School is an independent, private Christian school in Tampa, Florida for students one-year-old through 12th grade that partners with families and the local church to provide a kingdom education, thereby preparing students for college and life. Tracy, thank you for joining us today. Tell us what first drew you to Cambridge and what you were doing previously. Go back as far as you want. Don't forget to include your modeling days. Well, thanks, Sean. Um, So, well, I uh, grew up in Tampa. I've been here my whole life. Um, Attended both Christian and public schools and um, then took a little break after high school and before I started college uh, to head overseas. But, um, you know, even though I had plans, God had other plans for me and and was so good at placing people along my path to, to direct me in the way that I should go. So uh, when I uh, came back home, I went to college, and that's where God placed in my heart the desire to teach um, and be with kids. And so um, that's where that started from. Um, As far as uh, Cambridge, you know, I've been blessed with some amazing friends. And funny enough, so many of them have had connections with Cambridge, um, formerly Seminole Presbyterian. Um, So, you know, that was something that, you know, was always kind of planted in the back of my head. Um, I had people encourage me to apply. And, you know, as I was just moving through the motions with being a new teacher, um, I decided to to start off in the county. and while I was in the county, you know, still that little little seed was still being planted, still growing. Mm. Um, and then when my kids got a little older, I started to think, you know, I'm not real sure we want to continue with the way we're going. We were in public school at the time. My daughter was moving into middle school. And so started looking around. And, of course, Cambridge was, you know, well-known in our community and well-loved. So um, started looking around, and there was an article by Brad Grable that really grabbed my attention. He's the uh, he was the former um, Bible department right. lead, um, and so that article is really what kind of gr- grabbed me and um, made me pursue coming to Cambridge. Yeah, we've recently actually put that article in a different format and made it a little a book that I know a lot of people have seen, but I believe that's going to be coming out from our marketing department uh, and more of our families are going to see what you're talking about and, and maybe 
influenced in some way like you were in a very large way. Well, it's okay. Uh, you've made a conscious choice to not talk about the modeling days, so we're going to go <laughs> past that. But anyone that's curious about that, feel free to ask Tracy yourself, and she'd love to, to tell you about it. Thanks a lot, Sean. Yes, we all had we all had jobs early on before our days in Christian schools. I, I, I bagged groceries and, and, and parked cars, so uh, nothing to be ashamed of. I know you loved the classroom and still miss it. But tell us about your transition into leadership and, and why you've stayed in leadership at Cambridge. Well, um, funny enough, the intent was not to go into leadership. Right. Um, so I did. I love being in the classroom. I love um, just seeing kids get it um, and kind of finding what their passion is and using that to help them learn. So, you know, it was always like a little... Um, you know, a little puzzle for me, each kid. So that part of teaching, I love to this day. Um, so as much as I can, I try to get in there. Of course, leadership keeps you really busy. Um, <laughs> but when I came to Cambridge, I actually came as a teacher and taught third grade language arts with some incredible ladies, um, mm -hmm. Cindy Gerard and Vicki Vanos. So I had mm, to give them a shout out. Power team. Yes, absolutely. And so with that incredible team is kind of where my journey with Cambridge came into play. Um, funny enough, there was, uh, I think my first year they talked about, Hey, you know, if anyone's interested in leadership, you know, why would not you just at least let us know so we can be aware, um, complete an application. So I, I was encouraged by the principal at the time, mm -hmm. Mr. Jonathan Valdez. Yeah. Shout out to Jonathan Absolutely. Valdez. He'd be looking for that. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, went ahead and, you know, filled it out thinking this would be years down the road. And, and sure enough, it was much sooner than I thought. <laughs> um, and, you know, a lot of prayer, a lot of thinking and, and just realizing, again, those people just placed along my path that just were encouragers and, you know, prayed for me, with me. And so that's what really led me into becoming the AP mm -hmm. of lower school. And, you know, it was a a great time. I really enjoyed serving in that role. Uh, we have incredible staff and, you know, I love that. Loved working with Jonathan. Um, and then again, not really thinking about it, the opportunity for being the principal opened up. And again, I just, you know, prayed and, and moved forward into that position and mm -hmm. I'm still here. Yes. And so. uh, it would be our desire for that to be the case a long time. <laughs> you know, in all seriousness, um, as I stated in the introduction, the, the transit, well, Jonathan did a fantastic job, Absolutely. Um, but the transition to you as principal was a very strong one for our school and it has only strengthened since that time. I say it, your role as a leader in our lower school and our lower school program overall, um, the, the level of uh, respect isn't the best word it's so correct but there's so many more words that your team has for you in that role and the way they look at you in that role is pretty rare in the best of ways but like myself uh, you have had the privilege to view Cambridge through your own parent lens as well um, tell us about your awesome family and their involvement at Cambridge um, sure so well I'm married to my husband Evan course he's my husband so of course we're married um uh, it's been 26 years I believe and we actually met in high school and 
at the Christian school we both attended long ago mm-hmm. and just kind of continued to bump into each other over the course of life until, you know, we met again. We both were raised in South Tampa, grew up in South Tampa, um, just kept running into each other. And so um, once we got married, we had two amazing kids. Uh, and so my daughter actually graduated in 2022. And so she's in her second year at UF. Mm-hmm. And so she's doing great. And then my... She's studying what? She's uh, studying biochemistry. Right. So she's still trying to figure out exactly how she's going to take that. But she truly is gifted when it comes to working with people and and her desire to make a difference. So I love that about her. Awesome. Um, And then my son is still at Cambridge. He is in his senior year. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as you probably can imagine, that's a pretty emotional year. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if I want to say too much about that without having tears, but um, we're excited to see where God leads both of them in their journey. And um, I do remember when we first came to Cambridge, they were actually in fourth and sixth grade. So it was a, it was a nice transition in those years. Um, And, you know, we had some great middle school and high school years as well. I can relate entirely. We came uh, with a sixth grader and a freshman, Mm. Um, those transitional years. Yeah. Um, Yeah, man, it seems like a, well, it was a lifetime ago now for me. Yeah. You still have a tiny bit left. Tiny. <laughs> well, results of our new uh, parent survey that we launched this year for the first time uh, confirm that our families love our lower school instruction and specifically the family feel and relational environment that Lancerville is known for. Why does this matter for our students? Well, I mean, relationships are important. I mean, that's that was what brought us to Cambridge were those relationships. And uh, without those relationships, um, I don't really think education is um, it is going to make such a difference in a child's life without that relationship. So um, the amazing teachers and the staff do an incredible job with connecting and making each child feel loved. Um, valued. Um, I know some of the things in the survey, which I loved reading the survey results. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so good to hear feedback. Um, But some of the things that really captured my heart were that, you know, hey, other people know my kid's name, not just their, their classroom teachers, but people outside of the grade level know them. And, and we do, we know them, we love them. We get to spend time with them at different areas of um, the day. And so that's really, really important. We all want to be known. We all want to be loved. Um, And so kids need that um, just as much as adults do. But um, one thing I think that gets felt a little differently is that, you know, our teachers have a higher calling. Um, we can be in education and love kids, but they're ultimately we're there to ensure that these kids get to know Christ. Amen. And so I think that, you know, when you come onto the campus, you feel that you feel that there's something more right. than just a school. Right. Um, it is the love of the students and the intent to ensure that that relationship, not just with their teachers, but with Christ is there. And hopefully mm-hmm. they leave and they can use that to, to go make a difference. In the world. You know, there have been, over the years, there have been times where we, or certainly I anyway, have been somewhat apologetic for our facilities. And of course, we'll put a new building up now. That's a whole different conversation. But people don't choose our school for the facilities, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, and I, there's, there are many stories that I won't go into now, but just of, of families that have come in, parents that have toured, 
maybe not even expecting to choose our school, kind of just going through the motions and they're heading over to one of the prep schools next to tour their incredible facility. And then they've been taken back uh, back by the interactions they have on the campus and just the people. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have great people, but they're great because we have the presence of the Holy Spirit on our campus and, and the people are Christ followers. And they experience, even in that short tour or the student shadowing, that relational vibe that is very real. And I, I too, was, um, it's the most encouraged I've, ever, encouraged I've ever been reading survey results. And they weren't 100% positive. It never would be that. But overwhelmingly positive. And the bulk of the positive comments were specifically about this issue, that in their first year here, how quickly their kids transitioned because they were loved mm-hmm. not only and we expect that of our staff but it was i was taken aback by they were saying by students we know that happens but come on they're kids and right. so not necessarily an expectation that that's going to be terrific all the time sure um it was it was thrilling to read many many examples of that well, I also think like, you know, any family situation, if you think we're a Lancer family, so, yeah. you know, in families, there are um, lots of great times and sometimes there's some difficult times. Mm. So that's the other part of Cambridge. I think, you know, sitting down with parents and really, you know, sometimes we have to mm. you know, have a difficult conversation. Um, it's what's best for the kid. And so partnering with that parent and walking alongside of them in those times is really important too. It's a and, great point. That is a true family. Yeah. And yeah, I, I tell when we do new, new parent orientation every year, I tell the families at that meeting, expect a problem at some point, <laughs> expect a challenge. There will be some level of conflict, whether it's, you know, your child experience or your experience, there will be some level of disagreement. And so we have to work through those things. Um, that's so true. We don't like to talk about that part of it, but it's, <laughs> it's real. And that, well, it's that's life. What, yeah. And that's what, that's what we want to be. We want to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Well, we are, uh, I, I think maybe you just answered this. I'm going to ask it anyway, but uh, we are projecting weight pools for uh, potentially every grade in the lower school for mm-hmm. the fall. Yeah. Um, other than what we just talked about, do you have any other reasons that you think may cause that? Well, I think, you know, one thing is, you know, we're, we're very much, I don't know about you, when I go to purchase something or get something online, I read all the reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's the next thing I do is I go ask someone, hey, did you get this? Is this something, mm-hmm. you know, do you know anything about this? And so I think when our families come to Cambridge, they know and love us. They want to share about us. So then they tell their friends. Mm-hmm. And so that word of mouth is huge. Yeah. And I, I do think that's a big part of it, um, you know, especially at this at this this time in education, how things are going in school, especially public schools, I think parents are looking outward to see what are the other options, mm-hmm. um, what's best for our family, because not every school is best for every family. So mm-hmm. that is a large por- part of it. But then also, you know, there have been uh, additional funds made available. And so that does help as well for those families who wanted that. Yeah. They can now actually attain that for their children. Yeah, that's a great point, too, that that step up certainly did not hurt the situation uh, for our Christian school or for, for other Christian schools as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do have, it seems more families than ever coming into our admissions department who their stated reason is their 
they're just fed up with what's being offered at the alternative right. um, in the state school and, and the agendas that are in place there. Um, they don't want their kids to be exposed to that, or certainly they don't want their kids to buy into any part of it. Right. Um, so we're, you know, we are, I guess in that sense, we are a safe haven from those types of things. We are not a bubble Christian school. Uh, as referenced earlier, there will be conflict at some point. They'll, mm-hmm. You'll encounter challenges, um, but there's a family response to that. So Absolutely. Awesome. So what developmental differences stand out to you for our students as they traverse through our lower school? They go early ed to primary to intermediate. You have a wide range of students that are, uh, you know, over, that you're overseeing and their teachers that you're overseeing. So how important is it to address these needs as opposed to just teaching curriculum? So, I mean, I think this could be a podcast in itself. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> probably a series um, of them. Yeah. yeah. So um, there's so much to say on this. So I've tried to like kind of jotted some things down just so that way I could stay focused on this. But, you know, if in lower school, we have one year old students all the way through sixth grade. We have our sixth grade with us, which is unusual, makes us unique. And something I loved when we came to Cambridge is because, you know, sixth grade, they're mm-hmm. kind of in this transitional year and they're still kind of figuring out. So we kind of give them a taste of middle school, but at the same time, I'm um, kind of keeping them in lower school so that way they, you know, can learn and thrive and grow and, and still be a kid. Um, so anyway, so it's a pretty um, a big span when it comes to lower school. But as far as our early ed, um, there's so many different areas. Um, but if you just focus on cognitive development, um, a lot of our kids in early ed are doing a lot of sensory, a lot of hands-on basic language development, which is so critical in this day and age. Um, that has gotten less and less over the years with the use of technology. Um, our primary students, kind of the mid uh, grades, they're introduced to a little more complex cognitive task, literacy, um, uh, uh, numerical numerical thank you Um, and then our intermediate they also are developing those higher level skills those critical thinking skills Mm -hmm. which are really important Um, some of the other things which also social and emotional development is Mm. so so critical right now Um, but our little ones are just learning social skills and how to regulate their emotions and just how to form basic relationships. By trial and error quite often. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yes. Right. You know, we don't necessarily bite to get someone's attention, you know, so, <laughs> right. you know, it's those little things, um, all part of how they develop and important, um, expanding social circles starts to occur in the, the middle grades, um, and understanding emotions and Hey, what I say does make a difference, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe even teaching them how to let someone know and that's, not what I like. Um, mm-hmm. So giving him that voice and intermediate again, it's that resiliency and navigating through um, complex social situations, you know, as they start to, to grow and develop and get ready for middle school, yes, right. which, you know, that's tough. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's tough. I wouldn't want to repeat middle school myself. Absolutely it was not, not my favorite time. And it isn't for most, for most folks, but yeah. Um, it sounds like our lower schools doing about everything we can to prepare them for that. And that's largely thanks to, and I know you were just like scratching the surface there on mm-hmm. your depth of knowledge and concern and care for addressing developmental needs. So it's great to have you again, uh, being the leader of our program there in the lower school for those reasons. Well, some Christian schools have gone away from having a weekly chapel. 
Um, they feel like it takes away from other things and, you know, you know, put academics above that or, or other things. Why does chapel matter in the lower school at Cambridge? Well, I think if you just come to chapel, that's all you need to see, <laughs> to be honest with you. But walking in and hearing our students um, praising God and, and singing so beautifully mm. to God is just one of the best parts of the week. Mm. Um, so many of our kids come in excited. Um, you know, we get to hug them, high five them. They're ready to come in and mm -hmm. to, to be a part of that environment. And I think that's just kind of like our family time, you know, yeah. where we can all come together as one and, you know, of course, celebrate, sing, learn about Jesus, yeah. um, and just be together. And so that I think is such an important part of what we do that letting that go by the wayside would be just sad. Yeah. Uh, I agree a hundred percent. And if, if any parents that are listening or, or staff that don't normally have the opportunity to come to lower school chapel, um, if you're, you know, you find your, yourself in a place where you're just, you're down, you're discouraged or <laughs> go uh, to chapel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, go not only go to chapel cause parents are invited, of course, to lower school chapel, mm -hmm. come to chapel and, and, just give me like a, give me a sign or something and, and come up and sit with me in the front row. Because when you hear the entire lower, lower school student body behind you, uh, worshiping God at the top of their lungs, <laughs> it is, um, it is a true worship experience. It is, it is really moving in the best of ways. Yes. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. So our kids, um, seem to every one of them seem to have a phone uh, <laughs> you know I, I don't know i mean every year it, it's more of them um in, in the lower school of course upper school i think there would be very few that don't have them maybe in the middle school but it, that's almost the case in lower school it feels like on some days i know some of the students have them all the way down through kindergarten yes have their own phone that'd be or watches <laughs> or the watch right mm -hmm. well to what degree have you noticed uh, the impact of idle screen time um, with lower school students. I mean, it's 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 growing. It's growing a lot. Um, we were actually just talking about it this week. You know how we can address it. We know parents want them to have phones or be able to to reach out to their children. We understand that, um, but at the same time, how those devices are affecting them in the classroom is mm -hmm. concerning. Um, you know, I mean, of course you have the, the research that just says, you know, it's less, um, activity. So students, you know, physical activity is lessened because of these uh, devices. Mm -hmm. But right. even when you're in, um, you know, when you're in the classroom and the phone or the watch, you know, oh. vibrates or, or something happens, that child is distracted. And so they're losing out on important instructional time. Mm -hmm. Um, there's also that's this, just the time that when they're with their friends and, and if we're, if we're not, you know, able to maybe address something immediately, maybe they, that child has a question or maybe that child had a little issue. Maybe they bumped into someone, you know, and so instead of going to the teacher, sometimes they'll go to their phone yep. and send a message. Yep. Well, that takes away that opportunity for us to deal with that situation in real time and have that conversation with that child. Like what happened? 
Like, let's walk through this um, because that's what school is about as well. It's giving them the opportunity yes. to learn from those social situations. And we have to take time to do that with our students so that they're prepared as they, they grow up. Um, academically, when, when you increase that time on the screen, you know, it is there's plenty of research that supports that supports that it's a distraction to our students. It also takes away from their academics. And then, of course, there's, you know, a sleep issue for our little ones. They're growing like weeds. And, you know, if they're on that phone when they get home from school or if they're on that device too much, it can also affect sleeping habits. And and so and those are critical and and even behavior changes there. I've seen that with with different blue light and, and all that great stuff that we have to to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the list goes on and on. And some might hear that brief part of our conversation and think, oh, then why are we, you know, why do our kids have computers, you know, laptops in classrooms and and, uh, tablets in classrooms in different grade levels? And uh, that's something that we'll probably move only more towards. But the key word in my question was idle screen time. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's what we, I I would like to attack. and I'm, I'm thankful that my, my own kids uh, came through a little bit before yes. that became all the rage um, because it would have been difficult to navigate for sure. It's not, it's not, I'm not, minim, I'm not uh, underestimating the challenge presented in that for parents. Well, and I think it's just establishing guidelines. And right. being clear um, right. and that expectation, um, there, there can be a healthy balance as well. Right. Um, and, and you're right. Idle is completely different than something that is planned and productive and part of instruction. Right. Um, or maybe a parent is utilizing to provide some assistance in a particular area that needs remediation. Yeah. But it needs to be very strategic and it needs to be clear as to the expectations to the child. But yeah. most importantly, the kids... You know, are the parents checking in with the kids on what they're doing on that yes. device? Yes, thank so. you. Yes, so a great alternative. Uh, alternative, of course, um, uh, that goes back a long, long way. A great alternative to scrolling on phones is reading. Uh, as principal of our lower school, how would you describe the importance of students spending time reading? How impactful? Uh, is that time that parents spend reading to their kids and what difference do you see in students beginning in a k-12 environment when they're early readers there are so many um Mm. developing vocabulary um increasing their cognitive abilities um just the 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 critical thinking and those moments where you can have a conversation about a character's action, what's going on in the story. Mm. Um, it just gives you as the parent an opportunity to have those conversations. And typically they're very relaxed. They're enjoying the story. So they share more. Mm. And so you get a little glimpse into to how that child's feeling and what's going on. Um, but it's so critical for our early ed, but it's also as they get older, it's not necessarily, you know, something you shouldn't do. You know, I know so some yeah. families will read like a, a, a story at Christmas time where they all, everyone sits on the couch and everyone takes turn reading, you mm-hmm. know, if they're fourth and fifth and sixth graders or reading the same book in the family and having talk about it at length or at dinner or something. Right. Um, there are so many other ways to incorporate reading to show the value of it. Yes. And if we model that it's important, yes. then they're going to see that it's important as well. So that's another. Just as if we're modeling that idle screen time is important. Yes. That will be to them as well. Something we probably all need to work on. Yeah, indeed. 
again, glad my kids are older. <laughs> <laughs> but when you think about uh, the lower, actually, what level of interaction and collaboration do you have with our upper school leadership? So um, with upper school, so we have a lot of time together throughout the week. We have different meetings that we um, come together. Of course, we like to bounce ideas off of each other. You know, we appreciate each other. We respect each other. You know, Austin and I, I think, have gotten to know each other. We came in at the pandemic. Yeah. So we both kind of had to, you know, deal with some things that were new to us. Oh, what a year. In yeah. so many ways. And so it's been a little more fun that we can actually kind of go about things more normal mm. um, these last few years. Mm. But um, it is just really just tagging in with each other, helping each other out. Um, and then those meetings where even sometimes we just kind of, you know, relax and enjoy that. Hey, we're at a great school. We have great families, great teachers. And, and, and just really take that time to appreciate that as well. It's been fun to watch the two of you work together. And so you have more knowledge. Each of you have more knowledge about what the other one does and how they're running their division than some might think. We were in academic team meetings on a weekly basis together, and and a lot of the decisions and planning, uh, uh, these things are done collaboratively yes. by our by our group. Even if they're just for one of the divisions, in many cases, mm -hmm. uh, and, and as well, you he's had his kids have been in the lower school, your kids have been in the upper school under yes. each other's leadership. Um, so you're able to see behind closed doors, and you're both still around. So these are good signs. <laughs> And when you think about the lower school at Cambridge five years from now, what do you see? A new building. <laughs> a lower school building. Um, that's, you know, my hope and prayer, obviously. But yes. I also just that that legacy to continue, that we're growing these kids so they can go out and uh, mm -hmm. be leaders for Christ, mm -hmm. you know, and um, be be uh, change the world. I mean, through their yeah. words and actions. And that is something that I truly desire. And I will say I've been there for a while now, nine or 10 years. So seeing the kids that I've had in third grade now, they're 11th graders now, I believe. Mm. So, you know, just watching them grow and change and see their interests change and what they're involved in. I mean, that's, that's amazing. But that's what I want to see with these kids right now that I have in lower school. Yeah, I, man, I hope we have a new lower school building in five years, too. <laughs> if, uh, you know, for those that don't know, we're, we're of course, the, the, upper, the new high school is currently going up. The next thing will be to rebuild our, our soccer and football field mm -hmm. and, and, and light it and have Friday night lights on campus. Um, but the next step would be a brand new lower school facility, not uh, to replace, but uh well, it would be replacing in part, but it's really in addition to what will be a refurbished current high school building that will be populated by lower school as well. So they'll have two serious-sized buildings on campus, and we need them. We don't yes. only need them in five years. We, we, it feels like we need them now. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> um, because we've just been exploding in the lower school in the best of ways with, uh, with student population in, in recent years. Um, it's been really exciting to see well we'll wrap up with this what gives you the greatest joy while serving as principal at cambridge there's so many but i have to um i mean it's the kids i get to go into every classroom i get to walk through the lunches the hugs 
the excitement mm. when they have done something fun in the classroom and they're telling me about it, you know, our teachers and, and how they execute different activities. I mean, it stays with our kids. And so when they run out and tell me something they've done that they're excited about, like that just fills my heart. That mm. just shows that we are doing what we're meant to do. Um, and even more so when I walk in through the classrooms and walk in and, and I see them praying and um, even just stopping on the sidewalk to pray. Um, that happened just a few, a few weeks ago when the teacher mm. said, Hey, let's just pray about this right now. And, and mm. that it means so much to me that being modeled for our students, but it is, it's the kids, it's the kids just loving being at school mm. and loving their friends, their teachers and what they do. Uh, mm. That's the best. Of course, there's all, all the hugs too. You know, well, I get a lot of hugs. Many of those moments that you mentioned are, are moments that were, will be emblazoned forever on the minds of some of those kids, mm -hmm. you know, yes. they'll, they'll never forget them. It's so true. I agree on the hugs. Yes. I don't know. You know, we are a hugging campus mm -hmm. and some I think have barred that. Yes. We have not. I personally do side hugs, <laughs> but, um, hugs of, of all sorts, uh, that are healthy, uh, relationally are, are, are common on our campus. And I do think it makes a difference. It does for me. I, Absolutely. I, the kids remember and hug me. I think, man, it's, it's great. <laughs> Sometimes um, you feel like a movie star too. And they all come walking up and like, there's Mr. Meeks or there's Mrs. Moss. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I do. I am a kind of a movie star. Yeah. <laughs> this is where Marty's supposed to chime in. Yes, it is. If you haven't noticed, our sidekick, my sidekick, uh, Marty, is not able to join us today. She is homesick. Uh, so we haven't had anyone push the wrong button and to make the wrong sound at the wrong time today. But we do miss Marty. She adds some life and spunk to the broadcast. Absolutely. Well, Miss Tracy Moss, as I've said, I'll say again, your team and I are all grateful to have you as a leader on our campus and I want to thank you for doing this today. You've been begging for a while, and I finally relented. I think the people that know me know that <laughs> is not true. <laughs> All right. I'm the one that's been doing the begging. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us today. The vision at Cambridge Christian School is to develop students into fearless defenders of the faith in partnership with their parents and the Bible-believing church community so that generations will know and serve God and recognize the truth and authority of the Bible. Goal Answers, 